good morning. You're listening to 89.5 FM, KOPN Columbia, mid-Missouri's source for in-depth news, diverse talk, and music of the world. So very pleased and proud to be so much more than radio. We are your listener-supported and volunteer-operated community radio station. And welcome to this morning's edition of Community Pulse. It is Wednesday, the 19th of August. Community Pulse is your locally produced program on the coronavirus pandemic here in mid-Missouri. And we're so proud to bring it to you live here from the KOPN studios. On today's program, public health advocate Ginny Chadwick will be interviewing Daryl Bascom. Daryl is running the food bank here in downtown Columbia, and they'll be discussing how things are going amid the current crisis. Good morning to you both. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Daryl. Thanks for joining us. So just to run through the numbers really quickly. Um, so we have passed 70,000 identified COVID-19 cases in the state of Missouri, uh, based on Matthew Holloway's report. Um, we're averaging about um, 1,200 cases per day, and our positivity rate for our cases is at 10%. Again, the World Health Organization says that that should be below 3%, and anything above 5% represents broad community spread. In Boone County, we have 1,641 cases, um, with 21 identified yesterday, and um, our, we're looking at that new um, rate per 10,000, and we're at 20. And that's an important number now as we consider whether our Columbia Public Schools will open. So, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us from the Food Bank um, for Central and Northeast Missouri. I, I want you to just give us a little bit of background on what the Food Bank does and, and how that has changed and our, our community need has changed as we um, deal with the impact of this virus. Yeah. Hey, good morning. It has been a uh, crazy six months, I think. It's all kind of a blur at this point. Obviously, <laughs> we uh, started down this pathway in January, February, and it's hard to say out loud that it's August now. So it's it's been quite the whirlwind. Um, the food bank is not really doing a whole lot more than it does outside of a pandemic. We provide disaster relief and feed hungry people on a daily basis, inside or outside of a pandemic. Obviously, the challenges have really gotten harder from a, a national level as well as a, a local level, you know, in regards to upsetting the, the food supply chain and everything that we've been dealing with for the last six months. Yeah, it has taken a toll on so many in our community. And as we've heard national reports, you know, we have over a million people unemployed. That number just barely dipped down below. Um, you know, as we look at unemployment benefits, we know that the $600 has expired. And so families are even more strained financially. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. I know that at in that time, it's, it's scary, right? And especially when there's food insecurities. So um, to give people, listeners, who might not know a lot about the food bank, um, an idea, and I know Peter said it was downtown, but can you tell us, because it, it's on Vandiver, can you tell us where it's located yeah. and what does the logistics look like um, for day-to-day -day operations and, and especially with the new um, COVID considerations? Because I know that you guys have been doing drive-up pickup and, you know, having bid yeah. to the food bank, 
quite some time ago, I recall going in and people could choose what food they wanted. And so what does that look like now? Yeah. And, and some of the questions that you're asking and some of the things kind of cross over because there's the food bank is really two parts. We, Mm -hmm. the food bank itself on Vandiver with the giant orange spoon, we are the distribution center and we're distributing, acquiring and distributing over 30 million pounds of food annually. And we're distributing those into 32 counties. So we go all the way up to the Iowa border up North. We go over to Hannibal. Um, It diagonally comes back down to about around Mexico uh, because St. Louis Mm -hmm. area food bank covers everything East of Mexico, Missouri. And then we go down to Rolla as far south as Rolla and that Rolla community. And then we go as far east as Sedalia. So we are literally on the road six days a week in those 32 counties. Um, The other part of the organization that you just asked about is the Central Pantry. We run and operate our own pantry, unlike the other food banks in the state of Missouri. So that's a little bit unique, and it happens to be one of the largest serving pantries, not only in our community, but in the state of Missouri. Um, So, yes, we prefer and we were for years on the front front end of that trend of having a shopping model for a food pantry where you get to go in and make your own choices, just like a grocery store. Mm -hmm. Going in and asking for assistance is hard. It's hard for anybody. So that model is really important to us you know, for dignity reasons, for lots of reasons. But the pandemic has uprooted that, and it's really just not safe. So we have gone and moved to a drive-through model. So it's safe for the staff, uh, the National Guard that's helping us out distribute, as well as the people that are asking for assistance. You know, there for many months, March, April, May, our numbers really did not rise as as we watched on television the lines miles and miles of cars lined up at food banks on the west coast or in texas you know, we don't have that type of population here and with all of the relief from the cares act and the unemployment checks and the temporary relief that happened kind of held steady in mid missouri and we did not see a spike in numbers asking for assistance or coming through for assistance. Everything was fairly level for a while. Now that those stimulus checks are gone, now that the tax refunds are gone, now that the unemployment checks have transitioned, now we're starting to see those numbers rise in all of our pantries that we work with, as well as the central pantry here that we run and operate. Now, you mentioned that you guys distribute 30 million pounds of food in 32 counties. And for our listeners to remind you, we've been looking at county data so much lately that there's 114 counties within the state. So um, a large portion of our county is being covered by um, this food bank. Do you know the total number of people that you're serving? It fluctuates um, in anywhere from 80,000 to 100,000, sometimes just tips past 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk about the difference between the food bank and food pantry, and thanks for clarifying that for me because I didn't know, with the food pantry located here in Columbia, what is the, the um, service area or the people who can participate in that food pantry then? 
so typically your typical model for food pantries, they operate and facilitate that county. So we are totally focused on Boone County. Now, somebody from just outside Boone County can go there for a visit if they don't have support in their area. We're not going to turn them away once, but we're going to give them advice on where they can get help in their own county. But we're still going to fulfill their need they show up. But our focus then, is Boone County. Great. And then providing for the need, um, I know that sometimes it's the logistics of getting the food to the people, right, and the time right. of being able to pick it up. So tell me what that looks like maybe you know, in this COVID era and, and what are you guys striving to do more of, right, to make that food more accessible? Well, since the pandemic hit, the one thing that we can do more of and have been able to do more of is community outreach and providing what we refer to as mobile food pantries. So we're taking what the average person knows as a beer truck or a beverage truck that have the slide up doors and then we have awnings over the side, and we're taking that truck into a community that doesn't necessarily have a bricks-and-mortar pantry or that needs supplement from because they have a very small food pantry in their county or in their area. And we take, you know, they, those small pantries don't tend to have refrigerators, cooler space, freezer space. So we'll take a mobile pantry truck, a refrigerated truck, to supplement the fact and help them out on their distribution days to supplement the fact that they don't have coolers and freezers to help with produce, milk, protein, things like that. Yeah, I was so those, that is calendar. The, and it looks yeah. like you are truly all over the state. Um, can you talk about, you have several programs that you are doing. Um, and, you know, I know that when you click on your website, you know, the Buddy Pack program pops up. Or the, um, Tell us about the programs that you are currently running and maybe ways that the community can get involved in helping further support the food bank? So there's obviously lots of programs. We run some government programs, TFAP, uh, food assistance program. We run, uh, right now there's a, a CFAP program, which is the USDA program that, that has stepped in to help us with the farm to families motto that you've heard in the, in the last mm-hmm. few months. And um, uh, so they're, they're, they've connected with, peop, excuse me, distributors and food service, because that's where we saw a lot of the, the lull in when all the restaurants closes. So all this food was bottlenecked. So they, they work with these distributors in the food service to create these mixed boxes, whether it's mixed boxes of protein or mixed boxes of produce or da- different dairy items, and then work with nonprofits such as the food bank to distribute those to families and put them right into a trunk. Um, one of the things that we've seen in the unmet need that you speak of is really shelf-stable items. Um, so mm-hmm. due to the, again, due to the strains of the national supply, shelf-stable food has been hard to purchase. That's why for months in certain sections of the grocery store, you'll see some shelves completely empty or just filled in with other stuff. Um, that that has really been tough, and some of our truckload of orders of shelf-stable items have either getting postponed or canceled altogether in the last few months. Um, that that comes from both. You know, we work with our parent company, Feeding America. Uh, we work with food brokers all over America. We work with other food banks. The food banking business is very collaborative. You know, there's 200 food banks under the Feeding America umbrella. 
Uh, one of the things we're doing this Friday, um, we will be set up for a food drive focused towards those shelf-stable items and really focused to facilitating helping our back-to-school shelf-stable items and with a food drive that we're calling Pack the, Pack the School Pantries. So we're really uh, doing a food drive at the Columbia Mall from 6 to 6, really in a focus to uh, stock up our school pantries with all the kids that are going back to school. So in addition to buddy packs, we do school pantries. You know, you get to a certain age in school, junior high and high school, where buddy packs or the backpack program comes with a little mm-hmm. bit of stigma it's when people sense. start caring about what their friends think, you know. So we've we've started these in-school pantries that we let the counselors, since they know the families best, work with the families and identify where the true need is inside the schools. And so with the Pack the School event that you said is at the Columbia Mall, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, is that correct? No, it's it's Friday morning, Friday. sorry. the tw- This Friday, yeah, August no, 21st, 6A to yeah. 6B. It'll be there next to Wendy's there in that end of the Columbia Mall, so you'll be able to see it from the, the drive-by. And this is for any shelf-stable food, so canned goods, dried pasta? Yes. Okay. Any of that type of stuff. Um, awesome. And then any other events that you guys have coming up? We we have obviously veered away from events, or even our fundraisers. Mm-hmm. We've been able to do our, our fundraiser virtually, like our 5K for veterans. That's another program. You asked me about what programs we're doing. So our VIP packs, we started a few years ago as a, a, a pilot model. We now have that in multiple counties where you can go to any of the participating pantries in the veterans packs. And in addition to the food assistance you're going to get, there's also a special box that will have health care products and uh, personal hygiene products in addition to some food items and things. Okay, so as we know, this has been a challenging time for everybody. What qualifies somebody to be able to receive food from the food pantry or the food bank? Well, Jenny, that happens differently at every single pantry. Each pantry mm-hmm. creates those their own criteria criteria to meet that that qualification. And really at the central pantry, we don't ask for a whole lot other than the person pulling up and telling us that they need food for them or their family. That That's the qualification that we need. Um, there are some government programs like TFAP that have more stringent qualifications, and they will have to provide documentation to get TFAP food, the government-provided food. Um, but we deal with Feeding America food. That's only a portion of what we do. with. So the USDA and government funding food, that's really only about – out of that 30 million pounds – that's really only about 10% of our total operation. So if we had a listener that, you know, is questioning, you know, they might have food insecurity or be really concerned about, um, you know, where the next meal is coming from. You're, you're saying that at here in at the Vandiver location that there's that opportunity for them to come and receive food if they're in need. Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll clarify one more time. The Vandiver location, though, is the distribution center. So nobody okay. goes there to get food. That's where we're 
acquiring and distributing the 30 million pounds of food from is the Vanderbilt location, but over on Big yep. Bear Boulevard, 1007 Big Bear yep. Boulevard is yep. the central pantry, just a mile down the road. That's at Range Line and Big Bear Boulevard. We are there Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're there again Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 o'clock. And then in addition to that, on the fourth Wednesday of every month, we're set up the mobile food pantry that I talked about earlier in the parking lot of the health department. So the last Wednesday of every month, we're also over in the health department parking lot providing food assistance as well. And the best place to go on your website to get all of this calendar and information? Um, go, to the, go to the website, obviously, and click on either – look for the buttons that I either need food, need assistance, or you want to help. Do you, do you need help or you want to, you want to provide help? We, we have both options. Great. Yeah. And as I go on the website, it's right there. Need, get help, give help. Um, so it's the you first pick. thing that you see. Yep. Um, great. Daryl, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners as far as need and ways that the community can support this very important mission um, to make sure that there, um, that we eliminate food insecurity within our community and especially at this time of need? Yeah. I, you know, Keeping with the communication that you guys are doing on Pulse and out in our community of people looking out for each other, you know, looking out for your neighbor, wearing a mask, not because you don't want to catch it, because you care about your, your neighbor and other people. That's why you're wearing a mask. And no, obviously, masks don't stop COVID. It helps minimize the spread. So it's not like it's the silver bullet for the pandemic or anything. It's all about looking out for each other and looking out for your neighbor, just like that button on the website you just talked about. Do you want to give help or do you want to get help? Because we're here to do both. And that's, you know, that's part of our social contract is just helping out your fellows. Um, you know, as far as meeting those unmet needs, the, the food drive this Friday, 6A to 6P, again, we're helping kids. It's a, it's a no-brainer. So as we get ready to take in and have already taken in an influx of, of almost 30,000 college students in our community, um, you know, we know that there's unique need there as well. Um, is there certain ways and spaces that we are providing for um, the college students that come in? And I think maybe that's specific to the pantry. Yeah, we are. Actually, they can come to our pantry and as well as MU started their own student-ran pantry called Tiger Pantry mm-hmm. um, over on campus. So they can go there. I think they're there six days a week, but I'm not familiar with their hours, to be honest. No so you problem. have to go to the website, yeah, so, look up Tiger yep, Pantry. Tiger Pantry, yep, on their website, great. And as you say, we're all in this together. There are definite clear modifications and and things that we can do individually to help to um, minimize spread, and that is obviously wearing our mask and caring for one another. Daryl Beckham from the Food Bank for Central and Northeast Missouri, thank you so much for joining um, Community Pulse this morning. Thank you, KOPN listeners. Peter, back to you in the studio. Thank you very much, Ginny, and a special thanks to our guest today, Daryl Baskin. Once again, he is the Chief Operations Officer at the Food Bank for Central and Northeast Missouri, which is located 
on Big Bear, uh, not downtown, I thank host Ginny Chadwick for the correction. Thank you so very much. The website is sharefoodbringhope.org as part of the Central uh, Boone County Pantry, and you can find out how you can help. Thank you so much for tuning into Community Pulse today. We really appreciate our listeners here on your listener-supported and volunteer-operated radio station. A programming note for you, this will be the final week that we will coming uh, be coming to you live Monday through Thursdays at 9 a.m. Starting next week, Community Pulse will air twice a week on Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., and it will be followed by two new half-hour programs from 9.30 to 10. The new programs are going to be Between the Lines on Monday and 51% on Wednesdays. And for those interested, Background Briefing, uh, which we have an abridged version coming up, will return to airing in its entirety on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 to uh, 10 a.m. If you're interested in listening to any backdated Community Pulse episodes, they are all on our website. You can also find them on our Facebook feed and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tomorrow we will be back with Dr. Elizabeth Alleman. Thanks again so much for listening. Do stay safe, stay informed, and cultivate a cheerful confidence that your body can have the ability to fight an infection. Thanks for listening to Community Pulse. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.